Okay, full send. Let's do this. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another GD podcast. I'm your host, Guy DeMarco. Today, have, well, tonight, really, I have a good friend of mine, uh, Captain Jack. At least that's what we call him. I don't actually know how to pronounce his last name properly. I just call him uh, Pierce or Pierce or Pierce. How do you actually say it? Pierce. Pierce. Pear, not a pie. So. Pear, not a pie, and then C, but with a C, not a S-I, like Spanish. Um, yeah, so I've got Jack here with me, and we're going to hit the lightning round real quick, because I've got about 15 minutes before I get to give the kids a bath. So we're going to hit the lightning round. Heads up, this is going to be split into a couple of different uh, small, small segments. I'm going to splice them all together. So, where are you originally from? I'm from St. John's, Arizona. St. John's, Arizona. First car. 1989 S10 Chevy. Morning routine. Uh, get up and hope I make it to work on time. Well played. Uh, do you or do you not want to talk about work on this? I wouldn't talk about work. That's fine. Okay, sweet. So what do you do to pay the bills besides mail stripping? Well, being in the Navy, it's right up my alley. Uh, so I'm a Navy corpsman. Uh, previously, I was with the Marine Corps and then at a clinic in Jersey. Now I'm at the Navy Experimental Diving Unit in Panama City. Okay. And how did we meet? I wanted to get into some shooting matches. I enjoyed shooting, you know, spending money on new fancy toys and Ended up going to an NRL 22 match, having a blast, and I just kept coming back. No, you're pretty addicting. I am pretty addicting. Um, mainly the dick part. I'm a huge dick. Um, okay, so what did you do today? Today I shot my first big boy precision rifle match. And what match did you shoot? The Kestro Ballistics Invitational at Altus Shooting Solutions. Yes, so the Kestrel Fall Classic. Um, Kestrel's been the lead sponsor the last few years, or the main sponsor the last few years. Uh, I'm ROing it, and you're actually shooting it. And what were your thoughts going into the match? So you already shot day one. I wanted to get this, this aspect of it before you shot it, but the stars didn't align because you broke my heart. But what did you think about going into the match? How, how difficulty level, preparation, um, game plan, strategy, anything like that? Well, initially I thought it was going to be similar to the NRL 22, you know, smaller targets, maybe a little bit longer range. Uh, wanted to actually show up, shoot with some professional shooters, learn some stuff, you know, get some hits, temps, have them be like, hey, you screwed up on this, fix yourself. And hopefully come out of it and be a better shooter. Then I read the uh, the stage briefs for some of the stages, and they were like, "Oh yeah, your first stage is gonna be you know ten forty. Good luck." Uh, Did it actually say "good luck" in the stage description? Because that would have been awesome. I, I don't know. Spencer should have wrote "good luck" on that. <laughs> so. Uh, so your first stage was ten forty at your first ever. PRS match, let alone a national level two-day PRS match. That is right. Hell yeah. Yeah, I had 
high hopes. We went and we got that zero on my 224 Valkyrie. Good to go at 840 So that's yards. what you're shooting? You're shooting 224 Valkyrie? 224 Valkyrie. Bolt gun or gas gun? Gas gun. Okay. I highly don't get a 224. Whatever you do. You may <laughs> think it's cool. Just don't get it. It's not worth your time. If you could put the money you spent on a 224 Valkyrie into another gun, what would it be? I would probably go with like 6.5 Creedmoor. Okay. How long did it take you to do load development on a 224 Valkyrie? I used about seven different powders, five different types of bullets, and about a year and a half of my time. So you could have already been competing for about a year and five months if you would have just done 6.5 Creed? Yes. Okay. And a bolt gun, you know. And a bolt gun. But you're wrong-handed, so... I am. I'm a lefty, so finding any type of rifle that works is a lot more challenging. Well, there's there's awesome companies out there that offer their stuff in a left-handed. Uh, we both know Regina Milkovich shoots a, uh, a left-handed bolt action, so we know that there's something out there that we can use. <clears throat> Defiance. Um so there's there's that as an option. So today you started off rocking and rolling at 10:40, and then um, how did your day start? And then how did it progress? Day started off right on the short bus of the struggle. Right on the it short was, bus of the struggle. I like it. It was bad. Uh, first target 10:40, lined up, scores that trigger, dusted. Went and measured it. It was about eight moa low. And so I had to, I literally held over, sent another one, dusted low again. And so I literally just, if I had a full auto on that gun, I would have just flipped with full auto and just sent the rest of my rounds just to get just that stage over. go ham. I was just, uh, accuracy by volume. Uh, the next stage was actually, I liked how it was set up. Uh, you started on the trunk of the car. Okay. You engaged five targets inside the short bus. Yep. And then you transition to the hood of the vehicle and engage the same targets in the same order. Uh, I think the range was 420, 450, right around there. Um, first shot, I hit low. And then once I made that adjustment, I actually made some good impacts. Uh, next stage was a little rough. Didn't load a mag. You know, my bad. <laughs> I think we've all done it. I think uh, as the day progressed, I I think I counted a total of 10 people that didn't load a mag um, on my stage. And it was kind of towards the end of the day as it got warmer, longer, hotter. After lunch, once again, Pounders coming through. Amazing. Thank you, Altus, for providing delicious food. But yeah, like you get those after lunch, the, the after lunch special and everybody gets a little drowsy. And of course, everybody sits there and it takes a little bit longer as the day progresses for the for the stages to roll through. So, you know, the first shooter on one stage has to wait for everybody to shoot before they can go to the next stage. And they've been waiting around for an hour or whatever it may be. People just don't build it in their routine to load a magazine. And everybody's talking, having a good time, getting tips and hints and, you know, at least trying to figure out what the windage is. Um, the one stage that I was not happy to read on the stage reef was a mover target, uh, full size <laughs> IPSC at 800 and 
78 yards? Yeah, it was out there. It was almost 900. Nope. 887, because I remember. 887? The stage brief was, it said 883, and then after I shot, Brandon was like, oh, guys, BT dubs, it's uh, 887. Nice. Uh, I got a zero on that, so it didn't, the, the you know, the range didn't matter for me anyways. Uh, <laughs> one of the guys, he got a nine on that. I was really surprised. There's a couple people. Shout out to Ryan Hay for cleaning it. Um, yeah, I heard a couple of people cleaned it. Heard a couple people did really good getting nines and eights on it. Uh, yeah, uh, um, uh, I don't even know if even with my three hundred eight or a six five, I don't even think I could do a much better on a mover at eight eighty seven. Uh, that's ridiculous. And then later on in the day after we had delicious lunch, uh, it actually, I don't know what happened. My ref was like, oh, hey, he's fed. We're going to start shooting right. After that, I started shooting good. I shot a nine on your stage. I shot a six on the uh, the stones. So I don't know what it was, but... What do you think you got on the day for a score so far? So there was 10 stages with 10 rounds, so a 100 round, 100 round day. What do you think you've got in the bag right now? Well, definitely got nine on yours. Okay. At six, fifteen. So I'm thinking I'm looking at like thirty. So you're already doing better on your day one than I did on my day one at a national two uh national level two day. And you're running a, a sub caliber out of a, a you definitely have a sub MOA gun, but a sub caliber gun for this type of competition a gas gun over a a bolt gun so i would I'd, i have to take my hat off to you literally um you're doing you're doing damn well for being able to uh pick up trace and and things like that i mean you smoked you smoked my stage and there was people that you know good shooters getting fours fives and sixes because they couldn't pick it up and uh, for you, those of you that are listening, mine was diamonds. I've read the stage brief ten times a day, so here here's the short end of it. You've got a TYL rack of diamonds ranging from ten inches to four inches, and you engage the largest, and then you push out to eight twenty three, and engage a full size Ipsic. Come back to the next smallest diamond at uh, four eighty three, and then back to the Ipsic, and you do that for ten rounds. Uh, hit or miss move on and you know as it got later in the day it got super super miragey it was a soup sandwich downrange um you know i was only three four feet off the ground and i was having a hard time cutting through the mirage so shooting from the prone it was probably really difficult that even then like if you had your scope over like 10 or 12 you weren't seeing anything oh i bet there was no way you were using even close to max power is the mirage was terrible good for calling one though the wind thank goodness stayed relatively consistent it did between three to five three to five and so you just help send you miss adjust and go and so that was convenient Uh, i had a little bit trouble with a borrowed kestrel Uh, it was putting me at like 1.5 when the wind was really at like so i didn't calibrate it like i don't even know man like I don't, I have a Kestrel weather meter. I don't know how to use it, even though it's the Kestrel match. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with that thing. It literally just tells you what the weather is. 
Oh, I wow. only use it to like practice gauging the wind, and now apparently my wind is way off because it doesn't read accurately. Apparently, there's something cool you can do with your Kesseron. I got it from another guy. You go and you, uh, I think it's called uh, speed measure or something like that. Okay. You literally set your scope for like underneath, like two mils under, and then your Kesseron will line it up for you where you need to put it. So at 100, it's the one mil hold, 200, two mil hold. Three mil, uh, three mil hold. Uh, uh, getting the speed of your gun. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Yep. Like my 308 is a four mile an hour gun. My 6.5 is a six mile an hour gun. Yeah. So they got... I thought that was cool. And so yeah, I like super. get a Kestrel and use it. But I use MOA, so it wouldn't help me anyways. They're, you know, wrong-handed, gas gun, 224 Valkyrie. Why not shoot MOA? So let's go over your gear real quick. What, um, go over your rifle and then go over, uh, your components for your rounds and then go over what support equipment that you're using. All right. So, uh, shooting an AR-15 platform, I'm running a 24 inch fluted H bar EBCO barrel, um, with a zero Delta break one and seven twist. Um, handguard is just standard M lock, nothing fancy. Upper is a uh, zero delta blim upper. Lower is just your generic arrow. Um, scope, I'm using the Vortex Viper PST Gen 2 in MOA. Um, I'm upgrading to a first focal plane because after shooting second focal plane for so many matches, I had to get a first focal and it does make a difference. Um, Budstock, I'm just using a Luth AR. They're modular super fancy adjustable buttstock super fancy adjustable is that the actual term no that's my uh it would have been way cooler if that was the uh, the actual term um and then the trigger i'm using a oh, what are they called they're out of texas larue tactical i'm using a larue tactical um two-stage trigger uh the bolt i'm using is from ebco it's actually machined with the barrel so it's uh you know matching parts to line up better um gets super dirty because it's not coated or anything it's just straight up chrome um as for the rest of the rifle it's just you know whatever parts i could get from strike industry and I like then it. my reloading you know so many powders and everything uh best powders i found is uh, 4350 and CFE223. So okay. right now I'm using Starline Brass, Federal 205 primers, or whatever their small rifle primer is. Okay. Um, Burger 80 and a half full bore target bullets. And that's all I got. I'm... Okay, what about your support gear? Support gear, I am using a um atlas bipod don't know the model because i borrowed it it's a cow cow it's a cow with an r with an rsr um sore picatinny arca mount on it yeah and i'm so running a fancy. mdt um m locked uh, arca rail so stand by one second yes dear i'm in the bedroom Please tell me this is being on the podcast. Oh, hell yeah, it's on the podcast, man. Sweet. 
Send it live. Everybody's yeah. Going Keep live. talking about your support gear. I got the MDT, uh, M-Lock 2, Arca Rail. Um, being a gas gun, it's got a lot of back weight, so I put the that rail on there to give me some more weight up front. Um, using the Armageddon um, Game Changer uh, with the regular fill. The, I'm not man enough to pack around the heavy fill. And then I got a cuddle bag, pillow, whatever you want to call it, from Hub City Outdoors. Uh, James over there, I needed one, and so he hooked me up and got me a custom one, and uh, classic M81, but the African version of it, so it's got a little bit more yellow to it. Is, does Africa have anything special in your heart? Africa does have uh, a, a small itty-bitty part in there. Uh, wife is from South Africa, so... That's right! Gotta get that. I just had to throw that in there. I don't know why. I just thought it was cool. Yeah. Might as well. And then I'm also using the Thunderbird. Don't remember which bag it is. It's their super small bag. It's really nice for small portholes and barricades and anything you actually need some grip on. Yeah, I don't know what it's called, but he sent it to me to review and you want to steal it from me. Um, but it's a really good bag. It's really, really sticky. And if you like have to like go on like a V-shaped, um, what are those called? T-posts. I'm a great match director. If you got to go on a, uh, a weird T-post or anything like that, it definitely helps out with the... Uh, the stickiness on a on a slick rail like that so that's primarily what I use that to uh, use that bag for but you wanted to use it just in case so probably end up using it uh, show, show. tomorrow for the uh, bus stage when I gotta you know stick that big old barrel through the bus windows probably use it there yep did you talk about your swine bag I not well, I said my Armageddon Game Changer. Anyways, my Armageddon Game Changer is from uh, Swanee Gear. It's got the awesome monkey smoking a cigar on the side. That it does. Okay. Um, yeah, sweet. So we talked about what you thought about your first day. We talked about how your first day went. And we talked about what gear you're using. How do you think your second day is going to pan out? I'm thinking it's going to be the reverse. It's probably going to start out super good and then go downhill from there. <laughs> uh, Such the optimist. You know, um, plan for the worst, hope for the best, right? You know? Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, so, we shot the new side of Altus today. Nobody's ever shot on it. I'm out there all the time and I haven't even shot on it. And then, so we shot the new side today which is awesome. And then we're shooting the high side tomorrow. So I'm assuming the rocks, the short bus, the Kestrel barricade, obviously, because it's the Kestrel match. And then we're gonna rock and roll probably off the tower um, and through a couple of the portholes and stuff. So that should be super interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I know which stage I'm ROing already, so not a uh, not a huge surprise, but it'll still be a super good time. Um, let's see, I'm doing the I'm doing the PRS 
skill stage. I know that. Um, I don't remember which one it is going to be, though. So... It's called the Night Force Skills Stage. Okay, Night Force Skills Stage. One, two, three, three, two, one. Yes, that's it. Unlimited ammo. That is all. That is also accurate. Um, I saw Dave, uh, Dave Preston do it in seventeen seconds in March, and I was just blown away. It was awesome. Um, yeah. So we're gonna end this segment right now. For the sheer fact that it is the time where I have to go wash the churins. So we're going to end this now and then we will pick this back up um, at a later date and time. We might have to like zoom and call it and figure out how to record and pull audio and all that other stuff. But uh, this isn't over. Yeah, all right. Technology. Technology. That's right. So we'll be back. It'll be like 0.4 seconds for you guys, but it'll be probably pretty quick for us. Oh, no, wait. It'll be quick for you guys, but not for us. Something like that. All right. Stay tuned. Okay, we're recording now. Awesome. I'm going to take another bite of delicious maple bacon. Yeah, it's from this morning. I don't care. We don't waste bacon in this house. No, you're not supposed to. All right. Welcome back. It probably felt like 0.4 seconds. For all you people there in podcast radio land. However, it's been a week and two days since me and Jack were able to get back together and do this Potty Mick podcast. We actually scheduled it for Sunday after the Altus NRL 22 series match on October 25th. However, comma, everything was running slower than uh, a turtle on Quaaludes on Sunday between getting started late and everybody just shooting slow and drama and safety and a lack of spotters. Um, I don't know what happened. Uh, but yeah, we're back together. We're back today and that's what matters. So uh, once again, this is uh, Jack. He's with the Navy in the experimental dive unit. Oh, by the way, I met a corpsman today. He's actually going through training right now. And I asked him if he knew you. The typical cliche military question. Oh, do you know my friend Jack? Yeah, I was that guy today. It was awesome. Yeah, there's only, you know, like 40,000 people in the Navy, you know. And of course, you know. I think there's a little more than that. But maybe there's like 4,000 medics. I don't know. So we left off with... You shooting day one of the Kestrel Fall Classic, and you were doing good, and you were having fun, and then we went and stopped by James's shop to fix a strap, and then we went to dinner, and then we came home and did the record, started recording the podcast. I think that pretty much sums up Saturday. Is that a fair Except topic? the um, doing good part. I definitely wasn't doing good. I had fun, but I definitely wasn't doing good. On well, Saturday. I heard that you were doing like time of flight calculations to figure out the mover at 840. So I don't have a Kestrel. I was borrowing yours, but I had, I was literally just using You mean my weather meter with no applied ballistics to it? Yes, your weather meter. And so all I did yeah. was wind, density, altitude, and temperature. That was all I used it for. So I had to actually do calculations for the mover that was at 857 yards. So I ended up 
going up and like, hey, do you know how fast it is? One guy said it was 2.5 miles an hour. So I did the calculations for that, had it all set up. Another guy that just got done shooting was like, no, that's actually like 1.5. Redid the calculations for 1.5. And then finally, Brandon, who was ROing that, was like, hey, guys, it's 1.8. That's the correct <laughs> speed. So I had to redo everything. And I was the first person to get up, not the first person to get up and shoot, but they took us four at a time up on the platform. Okay. So I was one of the first four people. So I was scrambling to get up there. Um, Makes didn't sense. make any impacts, but I want to say my calculations were on. I want to say the it was probably the speed of the bullet. It probably hit, it probably hit that 800 and 800 yard mark and just like fell straight to the ground. It was probably running like a 308 does. And just as soon as it hits 800, probably. just falls straight to the ground. It was like an invisible wall. Nobody can see me, but I'm making a hand motion right now as if there was a wall right here. Same thing with my 308. As soon as it hits that 800, it just, it, it nosedives. It does a complete 90 degrees and goes straight down. At least that's what everybody on the internet tells me. So uh, we get up bright-eyed, bushy-tailed kind of on Sunday morning. We get out to the range again and we're no longer shooting on the new side we're shooting on the standard side so if you've ever been to altus um we're shooting off the rocks the kestrel barricade we're shooting out of the tower uh we're doing the night force uh skill stage which was my stage stage 14. um we were doing that out of the back of my truck um yeah so it was pretty good so how did your day two go day two if i shot date one just like I shot day two, I would have been good to go. Okay. I'd, do you do you think you would have taken gas gun if you shot your day two, if you just shot your day one like your day two? It would have been close. It would have been close. Okay. He beat me by 50 points, I want to say, give or take 50. Give or take 50? Um, <laughs> so quite, quite a few, quite a few hits. I mean, I could bring um, it up real quick. <laughs> but, well, he got 120 and I got 70. So Okay, not bad, not bad. Um, um, he did have a catastrophic failure on, um, on day one, so that was quite interesting. No, day two, he had a catastrophic day two. failure. Um, he blew a primer out of the back of his gun and then was doing the old uh, bolt override, slamming it into the ground. It was, um, it was a little painful to watch, but... Yeah. Uh, all in all, still pretty good. <laughs> uh, a lot of the guys on my squad were giving me compliments. They're like, we've never seen anybody run a gas gun with no malfunctions and no issues with their gun. They're like, you literally shot your gun the whole time and didn't have to fix a damn thing. Although the, the trigger um, screw pins were coming out. Yes, your trigger pins um, were coming out. I did notice that on day one when I got to, uh, I got to shoot stage four after everybody was done. I went out there and shot stage four and I was like, what's this little guy and you were like don't worry about this little guy to be fair i didn't use loctite i just you know uh get him in there finger tight good to go loctites for pussies um <laughs> that or torque wrench whatever foot pounds none of that inch pound shit that's for girls what are you a girl or something um yeah so what stage did you start on on sunday i started on uh, just after the movers. So if you were 14, 15, I started on 16. 
Okay, so you started um, on stage And that 16. was the walk it in. We started at um, C9, which was at 840, which is what I got my dope at. 840 all the way back to 500. Okay, not bad, not bad. So they did seven stages up top, um, and then they did th uh, three, three, at the three stages at the bottom. Yeah, three. Yeah, so... Um, I remember the March AI match, everything was a little crowded up at the 940 line, but this, this time it, it had a pretty good flow. Everybody was still kind of, I don't want to say stacked on top of each other. We had to lower the sensitivity on our shot timer, like down to like two because we were picking up everybody else's shots and we were on the one stage that needed a shot timer to actually record people's actual time. So uh, James, Alt Vader, uh, owner of Hub City Outdoors, he came out on Sunday and helped me run that stage. But somebody else made a guest appearance and uh, got to hold down the tailgate with me. Who was that? Uh, my wife showed up. Uh, I got. I was shooting. She was. She had Sunday off, and she was going to show up in the afternoon right before the match got over. I was like, "Hey, you should just come out in the morning, hang out with guy, keep him company. You know, maybe get me a Kestrel." You know, it, it was, it um, was, it was much, much appreciated. Um, yeah. It one, it was warm, but two, we did have the, that shade. James was out there in the heat all day. I, I almost feel bad for him. Um, it's a beard. It keeps all the radiation in. Right. So uh, all in all, pretty good day. Uh, definitely got your, your wife running the iPad. She was a pro by the end of it, which really helped uh, yesterday when we had our match, she was, she was plugging away at that. But then also getting her on glass and seeing some of these impacts and the the skill of being able to spot those impacts and know if it's you know off or a hit or if it was an edge hit or whatever. So we got her some backup glass and she was she was able to make some calls on that, um, which was super super awesome. Um, yeah. So what other stages stood out to you? You said there was a boat. What, there what was a boat. Good, thank you, uh, Spencer, for that. Uh, it was basically a platform held up by chains that you you rocked on. And I'm not a large individual. I'm quite small. So when I got on there and that first round went, I started doing figure eights. I was not going back and forth, back and forth. I was going every which way but straight. Um, okay. I sent two rounds off just quicker than shit. No, no hits. So I waited and waited and waited finally stopped moving enough for me to shoot got an impact waited 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 some more got the second impact then ran out of time so i thought i did decent on that one for the amount of time i waited took four shots got two impacts i'll take 50 percent accuracy <laughs> um, i think three guys on my team got nine on it oh wow that's um, what happens when you have a 40 pound gun. It helps stable th things out. After I got done shooting, I really considered taking my rucksack and putting it on the um, pad for the next shooter behind me. So there'd be more weight because it's unlimited gear. So we could just throw shit on that boat. So there's more weight on it. So when you squeeze the trigger, you're not rocking as much. Well played. Well played. Um, and then uh, they shot the rocks or you guys had to shoot the rocks. You guys had to, uh, the school bus, the Kestrel barricade, and then my stage, which was um, 
the night force skill stage, which my stage was uh, four, three targets at 400 yards. It was a big span between target one and target two. Um, so engage, uh, hit to move on, one, two, three, three, two, one for time. The fastest of the day was 1644. I still don't know how that happened, but um, that was a pretty good stage. How, uh, how'd you do on the rocks? I ran what out of time you, what, on that one. What were you engaging on the rocks? Were you engaging the, the plate rack or the... I think it was a plate rack. It was at 700 and change. 730. Um, it was, so it was down alpha lane, 735, yep. the plate, the, uh, the, the 735, the rack there, the plate rack um, in the back. Got it. That That's one, a those are tough. You, shots. Had to move, you had to move fast on that one. It like getting the shots off, but if you set up your position, right. And you squeeze the trigger, as long as your dope's on, you were good to go. Um, but climbing up those rocks and trying to get into your next position that that takes quite a bit of time um, yeah it does i got to the fourth stage set up my position and then there went time and i was running a gas gun so i yeah, definitely for guys cannot... that are running bolt guns are doing it pretty quick right yeah um and then there was the bus and i think you guys were shooting another plate rack out of the bus yeah that one, I thought that one was a little weird. It was at 500 yards, and you were on the right window of the bus, but you had to shoot the left target, and then you moved uh, to the left window, and then you shot the next one over, so you were going, like, opposite direction of where you were shooting. Um, well played. A lot of people were running their, uh, their gamer plates, their yep. gray ops plates. A lot of people were running those because I struggled with Picking my bag up, moving my rifle, setting my bag, putting my rifle on. Um, and the seats getting in the way definitely had an obstacle. Being a left-handed shooter, I was able to rest my left elbow down, and I had a solid rest when all the right-handed shooters, some of them were actually running a rear bag. Right. Because of how those um, seats actually sit in the bus in relation to the window. Right. Did uh, Have you been on social media since then and seen how Phil Cashin ran that stage? I have not. Okay. So, spoiler alert, there's only going to be like seven people that listen to this podcast. But, so, Phil Cashin, owner of Masterpiece Arms, he had a broken tripod in his, in his trailer that he brought, right? His little fix-it trailer. So, he was running the gay, or gray ops, the gay ops, the gray ops, uh, uh, pro plate, right? The mini pro plate. And then he was, uh, with a bag on it. I don't know which bag, probably the Armageddon gear, small bag plate uh, or small plate bag. And then he was running the broken tripod leg in the back with another game changer. So when he would put his gun into the window on that gray ops plate, he would just drag that scalpeled out freaking tripod leg, put it in on the seat. So for a rear rest with his rear bag, and then he would just pop all of it. He went, he, he got all 10 shots off pretty quickly. Um, if you can find that video or I'll try and find it and I'll tag you in it, but it was, uh, it was definitely thinking outside the box or outside the seat inside the bus i don't know how you want to say that but it was quite interesting and i'm pretty sure he got all of his shots i think he got went 10 for 10 on it yeah the targets were very hmm, considerate 
I think they're ten inch targets. Yeah, they they were they were nice size targets. Uh, it was so I it's think a that two stage, it's a two moa target. Yeah, but I think with that stage, it was it's a hustle. Just getting your position set up and being able to break your position and then build another one. Yeah. So this is what I have a question for you on the Kestrel Barricade is also known as the Scope Eater. Um, you got a bunch of guys running heavy guns, long barrels, longer scopes, wish sunshades, all that other stuff. How were you able to manipulate your AR platform inside that Kestrel Barricade? So I was sitting there, you know, twiddling my thumbs, looking around, seeing what everybody else was doing. Uh, a lot of the guys were sitting there spinning their sunshades off. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to spin my sunshade off. So I took my sunshade off and I pulled out the uh, Thunderbird small bag because okay. of I don't have a lot of room to slide my massive Armageddon game, game changer in there. Yeah, your Swanee's Comp Gear massive um, bag. I ran. I also ran my sling attached to my belt, was okay. for some backwards tension, and my cuddle bag for the most of it. You could kneel on. It was kind of a yes. high knee or bent over, and so I wanted to have that Hub City. Um, we don't have a name for it yet, but the uh, Hub the City no, bag. The no name. The no name bag right now. Um, just in case I got to a kneeling position and I needed it, it's pretty light. It's stayed out of the way uh, i watched yeah, I hear, a few guys I hear do it's it full of hot air yeah it's got got a lot of air in it some of it stays in a lot of it goes out mm-hmm. That's um, what she a, said. a lot of the guys were actually hitting their muzzle brakes trying to pull their rifle off because of how long and heavy they are i didn't see anybody rack their scope on it um, a okay. lot of people had the extended like area 419 um, arca rails on the bottom Okay. So when they placed it on, they placed it on that rail instead of putting their rifle all the way in. It wasn't. It wasn't as bad. I'm glad we didn't do any of the tall ones because being short, okay. I wouldn't be able to have the reach. Yeah, I but, had a hard time. We had to. But one of those, one of the one day matches, we had to shoot out of that thing, and I just, I don't like it, and I need to shoot out of it more to get better at it. I just don't like that prop. Love Kestrel, hate the prop. Um, so but it was the four in the middle and then the fifth one was down low. And so the down low was just like a, a low kneeling position. Um, the air fit, uh, fit good. Cause I don't have anything fancy. It's just a standard M law can guard. So I didn't take up too much space. Um, but I saw a few people hit their comp on it, but I didn't see anybody rack their scope. Okay. That's that's a new one. I uh, you you generally see like people bashing their scopes in or out on the uh, on that barricade, and then you shot my stage. I don't remember what your time was off the top of my head. It was thirty and some change. I don't I don't necessarily remember. I was taking it slow at that point. I was like, I just need points. I just yeah. need impacts. So I took my first 90, shot 90 seconds for six shots i mean you yeah. know most people were going for time i think the average on the day was 25 seconds yeah um, so i took my first shot made impact swapped over to the second target made impact and i was like all right dope's good to go let's just full send it and so i basically double tapped the third target moved to the second and then the first so if i if i had confidence in my dope i probably could have done it faster than 30 
Definitely uh, not think, in 17 seconds. There ain't no way I was going to yeah, pull that 16, off. 1644 to be correct. 1644, yeah, no way. Maybe if I was already on the gun and already on target, I could have. But no way was I going to move my fat ass up there and get on the gun to make I've that seen, I've seen fatter. Thanks, uh, there, that makes there, me feel a little bit better. There was some, definitely some big boys uh, running that one. Um, we did have two uh, DQs on that stage. Two people uh, cranked one off. One, I couldn't even tell. It was uh, uh, an ND. He was like two inches under the plate. Um, I thought he just yanked it, but instead, he, as he was closing his bolt, his ring finger engaged the trigger and, and uh, sent around downrange before he was ready. And then the other guy sent up on the first target, his first round, he sent it about 100 feet below the target <laughs> and i was like miss re you just indeed didn't you <laughs> james is up there like yeah man you're d- you're done because <laughs> yeah. even james saw saw him do it uh so it, it's unfortunate there's two types of two types of shooters those that dq and those or those that have dq'd and those that will um i've i've dq'd myself um during a USPSA match and, and it sucks, but you, you put your shit away and then you keep help, keep on helping out doing whatever needs done for the day. Um, and that was, so we'll go into a tangent real quick. So I drove up to the area two USPSA regionals. It was like 150 bucks to enter this match. Um, I drive all the way up to Phoenix city, Alabama. I sleep at a campground um, cause I really couldn't afford to go to this match. I'm eating like bologna sandwiches and drinking water out of the coolers. Um, all, since I was going to RO, I got to shoot on Friday. So I went up there and shot on Friday, DQ'd on Friday, like my fourth stage into a 12 stage match. And then, you know, I was shooting with my crew out of Tallahassee cause that's where I used to shoot at. And, um, Mr. Bill was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Put, put your crap in the truck. You're done. I was like, okay, cool. Throw all my crap in the truck and then just paste the targets all day. And then I was like, all right, guys, see you later. You know, day's done. Everything's put away. Everything's set for the match next day. And then here I am, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, like 6.30 in the morning. They're like, what are you doing here? I was like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, we figured you would have gone home. And I was like, uh, no. Like, I drove all the way out here. I'm going to I'm gonna. I drove four and a half hours here. to – to go camping like i'm not not showing up um so yeah i just ro'd the rest of the weekend and had a had a great old time is is fun story but back to the kestrel match um so you shot my match and then you went and shot david's or you shot my stage and then you shot david's stage which was a mover at 500 on a modified prone yeah the double-headed coyote yeah once again i did i did my math and i literally did my math like a minute before I shot because once again, this is the speed. No, this is the speed and I have to redo everything. Well, math is hard. Yeah. Um, but I got eight impacts on that. Both of the misses were a hundred percent my fault. I was getting so excited. I was like, maybe I could hit, get all 10 hits while it's going one direction. Excuses and why I didn't win the match. Yeah, Regina can put that on a on a shirt. Specifically for me, why 
Jack did not win the uh, Kestrel match. Exactly. I don't think there's enough room on a shirt. If we use front and back, maybe. I can come up with excuses be a long, all day. It's got to be a long sleeve, and it's got to be a 3X. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, no, I thought that one was good. Um, most people on my squad, they got 10s on it just because it was a very forgiving target. It was very long. It wasn't very tall, but it was very long. Yeah, that was definitely so, a windage target, not necessarily an elevation target. So long as your elevation was good and you had a decent hold and you kind of knew where the wind was at, I, I think most people probably would have done good on that one. And plus, you had a mover the day before, so you kind of knew what you were doing. Yeah. Not that we have any movers in the NRL 22 yet. We can end up building one. It yet. might take a while. Oh, I'm already, I'm already on it, man. Already on it. I'm already on it. I'm just waiting for it to come out. Yeah, and then uh, Alex's stage—that was the uh, the shoot house, right? Called the right. shoot house shuffle. That was another time one, just like the rocks. Like you had to be booking it. Yeah, you got to be. Um, that's that is definitely the time, the time eater right there. If you can get, it's it might as well be another tiebreaker. But instead of like actually counting time, you're using the time and the difficulty of the stage to separate the pack. Yeah. But for, um, that one, a lot for of your pros, like your top 20, it, I don't think it's going to matter too much. Yeah. A lot of people are using, once again, the, the gamer plates. Just because of how quickly you got to move, less bags you got to grab, the, the better you are. Um, a lot of people, basically, uh, there was five windows. First one was like a, a kneeling. Then you had to climb up on a platform, shoot out of a top window. Mm-hmm. Then you had to move down to another like wide barricade shaped window shoot out of that then there was a low prone one a lot of people would just flop on the ground get on target just send two rounds as quick as they could because it was an uncomfortable position and then move over to the fifth window and actually make their shots count nice and then there was the boat down the down the hill there was a psr prs barricade that wasn't for actually tie breaking right but no there was the um the cars uh it was different uh five uh, different yeah, distances the top, top of the rock the top of the hill yeah top of the hill that was a wind stage that if you did not know how to call wind you were screwed <laughs> yeah i've zeroed that stage both times i've shot it do you want me to rub it in just a little bit man i got an eight hell yeah <laughs> Uh, it's because your bullet goes so fast. Yeah, thank goodness. Aerodynamic when it fights. Um, and that one you had to actually run up the hill to get to the shooting position. So yes. uh, hopefully you have some type of physical fitness. Um, that one wasn't bad, though. The I like how Spencer did it. He actually said blue car, white car. Yes. So you could actually write on your dope card which car so you could find your targets quicker. And then the boat. The last one at the very end was a KYL at 850. 870. Somewhere around there. Over 800 yards. And where and was that, that was, one? Where was that one at? That was at the, like, the very end where the bus is usually parked in between the 100-yard bay and the animal, animal. tower. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Um, that one... It was you had to hit KYL rack twice to move on. Yes. The Mirage was soupy. How soupy the Mirage was the first day, that's yeah. what it was on that stage. Uh-huh. It was 
they were having a hard time calling my impacts because of how itty bitty my bullets are. They're like, yeah, we we don't know where you missed, bud. You're you're on your own. Yeah, I hope you saw that because we didn't. Yeah, I got a four on it. Um, there was people holding like one mil left to impact. Oh yeah, I bet. So it was it was a. Uh, if you if you just walk down the line at Altus and you look down and you're like, man, there's so much trees up here. This is awesome. And then you actually send a round down there and you're going to get told real quick that there is a lot of wind lanes cut into that range. If you ever look at an aerial photo of Altus, you can see all of the wind lanes that are cut in for different, I call them wind lanes, but they're just different shooting lanes and the way that the wind interacts with all those cutouts and all those wind uh, uh, breaks in the trees and everything like that. It picks up, slows down, falls off, comes from one direction pretty much the whole time. But um, now that we have the new expansion on the other side, all bets are off. Um, I was talking with Spencer when I was setting the NRL 22 stuff up on Wednesday and he's like, yeah, man, like came out here and I was shooting the bus. It's like, 500 and change 600 yards and i'm like hold two tents like i always do on a 500 yard target at altus and sure i needed like 0.6 or 0.7 to hit it he's like it's so windy out here now it's awesome i'm like wait till we get some real wind like we did with sally and you can shoot out here and he's like yeah it's gonna be awesome but so overall what did you think of day one and day two like did you like the course of fire on day one better? The days the course of fire on day two better? I liked how day one was the longer range targets, the kick in the nuts. Hey, guess what? You suck at shooting or <laughs> hey, I hope your dope's on. Um, and then the second day was more of a everybody was closer together so you could interact with their squads, kind of hang out, have a good time um, and shoot. And you weren't, you know shooting a thousand plus yards and the second day. So I liked, I liked both days. I learned a lot the first day, but I shot better the second day. Is it because you learned a bunch of stuff on day one? No, because the targets were closer <laughs> and uh, come to find out my rifle is a uh, tack driver under uh, 600 yards. So I can punch holes under six. You put me over six, that bullet does, Whatever, whatever it wants, it wants. Um, but it was good I it was kind of a morale booster the second day going out and being like oh I'm actually getting impacts today I'm not getting zeros on three stages I wonder what so, that's like so I thought it was good um, I do want to go out and shoot the new side again because you can actually see the wind it's not as variable as the other lanes because of all those, you know, wind lanes. Um, Cause you sit up top on by the, the tower, you're getting like a left to right wind. You look down, the mirage is blowing right to left at the 800 yards. And so you don't know which one to do, but over on the new side, if the wind's blowing left, it's blowing left the entire way down. Yeah. Like a full value, like 90 degrees straight up. Um, which made it a little sporty shooting 22s out there the other day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's an awesome new side. I can't wait to have some more matches over there. Um, definitely going to bring out like 
a big ass weed eater and weed eat all that brush down so I can actually see targets. Yeah. Uh, and we don't have to use a, uh, you know, tripod, uh, T post to hold up the targets the entire time. Yeah. Maybe get them a little lower to the ground so we can see something. Um, but yeah, so how did, um, so this is your, your one, this is your first PRS match, correct? And then yes. it was your first two day match, right? Yep. So overall, what is your, what is your impression? Like good, bad, want to go, like, are you hooked? Do you want to go build a new gun? I know you already want to build a new gun. Oh, I but, definitely want to want to build but, a new gun. I want to build a new gun. Even but you're wrong handed. So I'm wrong handed. Um, going on tangent here, Curtis, you know how they had that, uh, 22 LR conversion kit. Yes. They now have a hundred percent action. Nice. Right-handed only, which I was disappointed because I, I didn't, was, I didn't want to break excited. your heart. I, I was pretty excited to maybe be the only one running a, a Curtis 22 action at our matches, but there goes that idea. So, um, I mean, there is that, I mean, you could always get a left-handed Bagara, right? I don't, I've not been able to find one yet. I've called multiple gun stores and seen if they could order through their two or three dealers they go through. Nothing. It's not even showing up that it's even being made. Um, and same with Tika. I try to order a Tika left-handed and I've only seen them in Canada. And that's a bit of a hike from here. I don't know anybody. Well, okay. I do know some people in Canada. I'll have to, I'm going to have to shoot some emails off. <laughs> Be like, does anybody know how to get a left-handed Tika? <laughs> but overall, I, after shooting NRL 22, I do like the PRS NRL style competitions. I like the longer range um, shooting. I do want to build a rifle, but I'm kind of bouncing in between. Do I want to go with uh, stay in tactical class and just you know try to build me a 308 and learn from your mistakes and do it right, or do I want to get a uh, six mil BR and do that. Cause I've heard a lot of good things. It's a very forgiving round to reload. I'm yes. not, you know, I'm not dumping, you know, 50 grains of powder to, uh, you know, charge a six, five. I'm only using a little bit and getting, you know, 30.2 over a one Oh nine. What? <laughs> That's everybody's secret sauce. Yep. So I would, I'm, wanting to build one but i think i'm gonna end up shooting nrl or the 22 matches more so i'm gonna end up just putting money towards a new that rifle and eventually build a a better bolt gun for the bigger matches okay plus so the bigger matches are more expensive that is also true so what what was your impression of like the award ceremony? Um, like it takes a little bit to get everybody quiet down and everybody's all the guns are away. So everybody's having a, a few, few beers and everything like that, get everything quieted down. And then we start, we start getting out the awards. Um, pretty cool format. We had um, uh, really cool trophies. Once again, the Kestrel logo, in yellow and then a, a black bullet uh, behind it. Really cool looking trophies. You can find those at Altus Shooting on IG, at Altus Shooting. Uh, you can check those out, but pretty cool awards. And they, you know, they gave off the like 
top production, top senior, top um, mill, uh, fifth, fourth, third, second, and then first. And then uh, Mr. Joe Walls uh, ended up taking first. And then they, you know, do the prize table. And then once the prize table's all done, they go and let all the ROs uh, walk the table. I was busy talking to my friends, so I didn't even hear them call the ROs. So by the time I made it in there, um, there was an MDT uh, grip on there and then a phone scope certificate. Um, but I'm already ambassador for phone scope. So I took the MDT grip, which went to good use because that was a door prize for the Halloween costume at the NRL 22 match, which I think somebody I know won. And then do you want one? Do I want one? Um, I'll, I'll give you mine. I'm not going to use it on anything. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, uh, it was awesome. I think it was just a, a, a good event in, in total and all, um, great match i think it flowed a lot better than um the spring match that i attended i think it was really good um the kestrel bullet uh yeah kestrel ballistics and then i don't know why i wanted to say weather meters kestrel ballistics uh ended up doing something real big for the ro's if you ro'd uh, your name went on a list and then you're getting mailed a kestrel 5700 or the HUD, the heads up display, um, you got to pick which one you wanted. Um, I picked the Kestrel weather meter. Sky, your wife, I believe also picked the Kestrel weather meter. The weather meter. The, the 5700 there. Um, so she's I think with, most of the people that are owed pick the, the weather meter. Right. Um, which is awesome. That thing, you know, you can build uh, a gun profile in there and do all the things that you need to do with it, which is super cool. Um, which is going to be great for her when she's shooting NRL 22 and then you can just borrow her weather meter. I think it'll, well, hopefully she'll have her own gun and I'll have my own gun. And so she can run her own data and I'll keep going old school with pen and paper, pen and paper and dope charts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man. So any other final, uh, final thoughts on your, your thought of the match? I thought Spencer did a very good job organizing it. It was very, like you said, it flowed very well. Um, right amount of ROs. Thanks everybody for going out and volunteering and yes, you know, Thank you Altus NRL 22 series. Uh, pretty much everybody showed up and ROed that shoots NRL 22 with us. So it was basically just hanging out with all of our friends like normal anyways. Um, yeah, but thanks to all the ROs. We had, uh, we had Grayson out there. We had David Swedberg out of uh, PCB. We had uh, Alex Roth and his, uh, his mom even came out and ROed um, out of Pensacola. Uh, James with Hub City Outdoors, myself, Sky, um, uh, Mr. Watts came out and ROed. Yeah, it was uh, uh, John Farr and Randy and Bree. Randy and Bree. I'm trying to think. Uh, Lumberg. Uh, Lumberg came out and ROed as well. So it was, uh, it was a really, really good time. It was um, a lot of fun. I don't think there was hardly any issues with um, 
a bad call or anything like that, except the bad call that I made, but I, I owned it right away and then gave the dude a reshoot. Didn't even bother messing with, uh, with Spencer on it. I screwed up and we just had that gentleman reshoot. Sorry, Bobby. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a good day. A good weekend. I mean, I had a blast Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, yeah. So any, anything else in, in closing? That was it. It was a, it was a good match. I definitely, it was a good match to go out and learn. Uh, everybody's very friendly at these matches as I've learned from the NRL 22. No one's actually an asshole. I was like, nah, I'm not even going to help you. You're a newbie. Just stay away from me. Everybody was very friendly, helped me out, would answer my questions. Um, but it was still competitive. You, you know, talk shit every once in a while, like, Hey, are you actually going to get a hit today? Things like that. So well it was, how it was very did you fun. say that to mass Matt Utroska? Zero. I, <laughs> I would. <laughs> I let everybody else talk shit to him. I just sat there and, you know, admired the uh, the, the gloriousness of uh, his the, shooting ability. That and the beach muscles. Um, yeah. So you do know that the Altus uh, Long Range Challenge finale is December 5th, correct? I do not have a gun, but I do know it's there. Do you know that there is a dude on the other end of this microphone that has like three guns? A uh, uh, which hand do you shoot with? Oh Guy? crap, that's right. <laughs> yes, I am broken because I am broken. I do that's not stupid, have a lot stupid, of stupid uh, wrong-handed ask, equipment. Ask Randy; he's got a gun. Then I gotta go reload. But I'm making, I'm making the cry daddy, cry daddy yeah, eyes right I now. Know. I'm I'm coming up with excuses. Just shoot I'll, your two two four again. Nope, that's already deconstructed. <laughs> I, I already took the muzzle brake off. I already took the scope off. That scope is on my twenty two now. Uh, it's it's retired. It's retired. It's retired from the uh, the precision rifle game. Yep, it's I'm straight, gonna end up straight hog gun. I'm gonna end up buying another scope, and it'll be for coyotes stuff like that i'll work up uh spend another year and a half working up a load for for a little 55 grain varmint rounds um yeah it'll take you about another year and a half that it will um other than that i'm definitely not going to be using that for any matches anytime soon and what grain bullet were you using 80.5 burgers 80 and a half burgers yeah i've okay. tried the 88s from hornady all the way down to those 80 and a half burgers sierra bullets hornady and burger and burgers by far shot the best nice well played burger all right man well i'm gonna go ahead and end the recording and stay on the line for me uh thanks everybody for listening this has been another gd podcast here with jack and his first national level prs two-day match so stay tuned check us out and the next podcast will drop in like two days all right later guys